0: The
1: answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us and getting your Monday started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock with us. It is the 13th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2020. Maybe you started your day a little bit earlier with Hugh Hewitt. And if you did, that's smart. Good move by you. Learn a little bit about what's going on in the world today. We've got a lot of chance for you to learn more and react to it during the next two hours. Uh, so we appreciate you being with us. Coming up in about 40 minutes, and in fact, exactly 40 minutes. 40 minutes from now, it will be 948, and that's Jim Jordan time. Congressman Jordan will join us to talk about a host of issues, and he has been very, very busy actually responding to a lot of these issues on weekend television. We'll talk to him about the commutation of Roger Stone by President Trump, the move that has the Democrats howling and screaming about two separate sets of laws, or two different um, uh, uh, sets of justice, if you will. Uh, Believing that there is one type of justice for Trump associates and one type of uh, justice for everyone else, which of course is simply hysterical given the recent Democratic uh, leadership in the eight years of the Barack Obama administration, in the eight years of the Bill Clinton uh, administration, and the number of stone-cold criminals that have been let out of jail, pardoned, commuted, or whatever. uh, It is just hilarious for them to look at somebody like Roger Stone and try to make that claim. We'll talk to uh, Jim Jordan about that. We'll talk to him about the very disconcerting news that came out over the weekend that uh, Federal Prosecutor John Durham, whom we have all been waiting for anxiously, with bated breath, to come out with the results of his investigation into the origins of the Russia probe and beyond, with full subpoena power. We all thought that if Bill Barr can't get to the bottom of this, John Durham will. Now we found out over the weekend that John Durham may not make his report or his findings known until after the November election. Wait, what? We've been told that we just have to wait until the summer where we are now, and he's gonna come out with his information. Now, according to some reports, Durham not wanting this to become politicized before the November election may sit on his results until after. And of course, if you wait until after the election, then all of those who may have committed crimes in that in ridiculous and indefensible hoax investigation of President Trump, uh they will never have to uh they will never have to be held accountable. You know that doggone well, especially if Biden wins, that the entire thing gets buried after November. Uh, so this is very disconcerting. We'll talk to Jordan about that. We'll talk to him about Bob Mueller. In fact, the uh, architect of the Mueller investigation into potential or alleged uh, collusion between Trump and Trump's uh, team, rather, and Russia, uh, he will testify before Lin- Lindsey Graham and the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, and then, of course, we'll talk to him about ongoing uh, violence in American cities and calls to defund. Police. All right. Uh, so that's coming up. He's our only guest. We have a lot of time for you to talk and to join us before and after Congressman Jim Jordan at 216 901 0945 or 888 281 1110. I want to go first to St. Louis rather than here in Cleveland. Well, because this is a story that will impact you here in Cleveland. You know, the two lawyers, the two liberal, admittedly liberal lawyers, the McCloskeys in St. Louis, who. Um, uh Went inside after a mob of angry, quote-unquote, protesters, I would call them violent rioters, violently broke through an iron gate into a private, gated community, and then trespassed on people's private property. You know, the attorneys who called the police, and the police wouldn't come. So they said, then we have to defend ourselves and our property. So they went inside and got their weapons. The wife got a handgun. The husband got an AR-15. And they stood on their front uh, uh, porch and told every one of the trespassers to get off of their property and keep going. Don't even try it. You remember the story, right? Well, this is how you may ask yourself, how does this impact me here in Cleveland? Here's how it impacts you in Cleveland and everywhere else around the country. The police won't come, and you are now on your own to defend yourself and your property. And then come to find out that if you do defend yourself and your property with your own firearms, you can be charged with a crime. They can serve warrants against you and confiscate your firearms. So now you have a situation in in which the police won't come to defend you, you aren't allowed to be armed to defend yourself. And apparently, the wild, radical, violent mobs that want to come and ransack your home and kill you and your dog as they threaten to do are essentially given the green light to do so. Five on your side, which is television in St. Louis, has learned that, the, that St. Louis police officers executed a search warrant Friday evening at the home of Mark and Patricia McCloskey, the Central West End couple who confronted protesters with weapons in June. Sources tell 5 on your side. Police seized one of the weapons, the rifle, from the couple, and they told the police their attorney has the other weapon, the pistol, seen in the photos. Fox News host Shannon Bream confirmed the news in a tweet writing, Breaking warrant reportedly served on the St. Louis couple who stood outside their home with weapons as protesters approached. I will not call them protesters. I'm just reading the tweet. We're told weapons were seized. We've got the warrant and pictures for you. Attorney Harmit Dillon, representing the McCloskeys, responded to the news by tweeting, Missouri is a castle doctrine state, permitted among the broadest latitudes of any state in using even deadly force to protect yourself or your property, your castle. The couple used zero force, despite the imminent threat from a trespassing mob. The seizure of their weapons is government overreach, and that is an understatement. The left-wing demonstrators returned to the couple's home last week and were met by private security that was guarding the home. When about 300 protesters returned on Friday, holding signs reading Black Lives Matter, period, and no justice, no peace, a more subdued Mark McCloskey could be seen peering off out from his balcony while his wife appeared to be shooting video of the marchers on her mobile phone, according to the New York Post. The photos also showed private security guards setting up barricades and securing the gate prior to Friday's new, quote-unquote, demonstration. They came back there to attack those people. And they, fortunately, they're both attorneys, and they were able to afford private security. If this comes to your neighborhood, can you afford to hire private security after they take your firearms from you? A violation of the Second Amendment and obviously a, viola- a violation of your constitutional rights to protect yourself in your home. McCloskey guarded his property with the AR-15, told a local news station, following it, we were threatened with our lives, threatened with the house being burned down, my office building being burned down, and even our dog's life being threatened. It was about as bad as you can get. I really thought it was a storming of Bastille. We, we knew that we would be dead and our house would be burned, and there was nothing we could do about it. It was a huge and frightening crowd, and they broke in that gate and were coming at us. Now, St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kimberly Gardner, a Democrat, called the McCloskeys defending of their private property a violent assault. That's a quote. Violent assault. And that authorities would use the full power of Missouri law to hold people accountable. The McCloskey's attorney, or another one of the McCloskey's attorneys, Albert Watkins, said that if Kimberly Gardner wants to press charges against two attorneys who are protecting their home and their family and themselves on their own property, I will tell you it would be nothing short of a proverbial cluster blank. And that blank starts with an F, and it ends with a K, and you can fill in the other letters. And that is an understatement. Let's talk more about Kimberly Gardner, because we need to talk about who and what is driving This assault on all Americans' civil rights of self-defense. Your rights. Do you feel any safer in the city of Cleveland, for example, than the people of St. Louis must, must with that district attorney? You shouldn't. Separate story. The attorney general in Missouri, Eric Schmidt, said on Friday that the aforementioned prosecutor... Gardner is being investigated. And the reason why is because he believes that the two uh, homeowners at, uh, uh, at issue here, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, were targeted politically. Now, you know what happened here with respect. I just told you about the Castle Doctrine and, and, and so forth. Eric Schmidt, the Attorney General in Missouri, repeated that and then followed it up with this. Kim Gardner, the prosecutor... Who is threatening, who called this a violent assault by two people who never touched a soul? Kim Gardner has an abysmal record, says the AG, in prosecuting violent crime, has recently released and been complicit in the release of dozens and dozens of inmates who have been charged with violent crimes, and has a record of making politically motivated decisions not based on the law. So this is something to watch. End quote. So, in other words, you know where this is going. Kim Gardner, who is an African-American district attorney, prosecutor, has made the unilateral decision to release many, many people who have been charged with violent crimes. Now, I don't have a list of them and their races here, but you know that what the left has been arguing and screaming about for a long time now is that the prisons and jails are filled with a disproportionate number of people of color. And so, therefore, we are going to even those statistics out, and we are going to release a bunch of them. This is not the first time. It's not the first place. This is just the most recent. Kim Gardner in St. Louis putting politics and race in front of the law, and the attorney general has called her out on it. The AG said of the McCloskeys, quote, one important factor here is this was a private street. This was not a public street. These individuals were on their way to the mayor's house, actually, which had been vandalized several times. This was a private street, and if you listen to the McCloskeys, they felt threatened and they were going to be attacked, and that it was made known to them. They made known to the protesters and the people who came by that this was a private street, and they said they were going to murder them and come into their house. And so, as I said, the Castle Doctrine in Missouri is pretty expansive. It allows you to defend your life, obviously your family's life, your home, but also your property. And this was on private property. End quote. That's the Attorney General of the state of Missouri. So that's the positive news to come from this. The negative news, of course, is, again, radical, wild, rogue uh, prosecutors and district attorneys can still, not can, are still allowing their own personal prejudices, biases, and their politics to make decisions for them. But at least in this case, the Attorney General in Missouri is not letting it go unchallenged. He said, finally, it's hard to get into the mind of Kim Gardner. As I said, she has a sketchy track record of making politically based decisions, end quote. Despite the warrant, criminal charges have not been filed yet against the McCloskeys, nor was the basis of the warrant, the search warrant that led to the confiscation of their firearms, made clear. So that's a story with, obviously, an extraordinarily important and long-lasting, far-reaching impact on a lot of people in a lot of cities. The good news, again at the end, is that the AG is investigating the prosecutor who has politically targeted the actual would-be victims uh, who were the homeowners. After this time out, we're going to go down to the site of another controversial police-involved shooting. And, of course, that's the one that took the life of Rayshard Brooks, who uh, was shot and killed by a St. Louis police officer, Garrett Rolfe, who, after actually firing a deadly taser at him. Uh, that prosecutor has, in a similar way to the St. Louis story, blamed the officer and overcharged him. That prosecutor is also under investigation. Is the tide starting to turn just a little bit? Well, I'll tell you the rest of that story coming up on AM 1420 The Answer. time I might hear the start of this. I don't know if we're getting ready to stop, collaborate, and listen, or whether we're under pressure. I don't know which one. Alright, I think it's pressure. Uh, 925, thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer. Okay. So, down in Atlanta, I just want to finish this part of the story. And again, because this is the kind of stuff that is not limited to a certain locale. This kind of stuff is, is all over this country, including here in Northeast Ohio. So, criminal investigation. I just told you about what's going on in St. Louis. The Radical, wild, racially motivated prosecutor Kimberly Gardner is going after two uh, liberal attorneys, by the way, who happen to be the wrong color. Uh, they're white, and therefore they didn't have the right to defend their property, according to this uh, uh, um this uh, uh, rogue prosecutor, Kimberly Gardner, uh, they didn't have the right to defend their property. They're going to be charged. They're going to be, they committed a violent assault, all that nonsense. So the attorney general in Missouri had to step in and say, this is not happening. And we are investigating not the couple, but the prosecutor, Kimberly Gardner. And that's a good start. Now let's go to Atlanta. Remember the prosecutor who decided, the district attorney decided to charge the officer involved in the Rayshard Brooks shooting with murder? Despite the fact that a deadly taser had deadly, according to Georgia law, by the way, taser fired at him before he fired his uh, gun at the individual. Yeah, he's under investigation, too. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the GBI, has reportedly expanded its criminal investigation into Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard as new questions emerge about the grand jury subpoenas that Howard's office issued in the case involving the death of Rayshard Brooks. So I asked you right before the break, if the tide is turning here, you tell me when you look at these two stories back-to-back. Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr has asked the GBI to expand the scope of the current investigation regarding Howard after Carr learned about subpoenas that Howard's office issued regarding Officer Garrett Rolfe and the use of force against Brooks whom Rolf shot after he resisted arrest and fired a taser at him during a DUI arrest. Howard issued grand jury subpoenas directing the Atlanta Police Department to turn over its open investigation regarding Garrett Rolfe and the use of force incident. The subpoena required that the documents be turned over for the grand jury June-July term on the 14th day of July. Other grand jury subpoenas were issued for phone and surveillance camera videos. But Fox 5, who reported that, notes that these grand jury subpoenas were issued while the grand jury was suspended. The grand jury had been suspended on March 13th because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the issuing of grand jury subpoenas, while there is no grand jury, could be an ethical or even a criminal issue, according to legal experts. Gable Sino, who is a law professor that specializes in prosecutorial misconduct, told Fox 5 in Atlanta... It would be a violation of criminal law to make a knowingly false statement or misrepresentation in the subpoena, which is a document that has been issued. GBI said the department was aware of the matter and is looking into it. They are investigating Howard already this year over a mysterious salary supplement negotiated between the attorney or the uh, district attorney Howard and then Atlanta Mayor Kareem uh, Kasim Reed. But this att- uh, district attorney Howard is the one that you should be noted who two weeks prior to charging Garrett Rolfe with murder and claiming that um, Rolfe should not have felt like his life was in danger when he fired his weapon at Shard Brooks. He said, quote, We concluded at the time Mr. Brooks was shot that he did not pose an immediate threat of death or serious physical injury injury to the officer or officers. That's why they charged him with murder. But two weeks prior to that, you may recall this story on this program, two weeks prior to that, the same district attorney, Paul Howard, in a press conference announcing charges against officers for pointing tasers at protesters that he considered to be peaceful protesters, said during that press conference that a taser under Georgia law was considered a deadly weapon. So how can a prosecutor one day say a taser is a deadly weapon and then two weeks later say an officer shooting at somebody who was holding a taser and firing it at him did not have uh, just cause to do it because his life was not in danger? A deadly weapon by the prosecutor's own statement, the district attorney's own statement, a deadly weapon was fired at the officer, but they shouldn't have felt like their life was in danger. You, you figure that out for me. But in both cases, again, I'm going to try to emphasize and focus on the positive of those cases in both Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, and Atlanta, Georgia, and know that the wild, radical prosecutors who are putting their politics and perhaps their racial prejudices ahead of the law are being investigated by the attorneys general or uh, bureaus of investigation in their, in their respective states. And that is a good thing. All right, Jim Jordan, don't forget, coming up at 948, and we've got more for you right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, hey, 936, now we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks so much for being with us. Coming up uh, in about uh, 12 minutes, we're going to talk to Congressman Jim Jordan, and I just got word that we have added a guest. I wasn't sure we were going to be able to get her today, but uh, Marcy has uh, com- confirmed that um, State Representative Diane Grendel is going to be able to join us. Uh, she is, of course, a Republican from Chesterland, and she has uh, introduced... House Bill 624, known as the Truth in COVID-19 Statistics Bill, and it has been assigned to the Senate Government Oversight and Reform Committee. What this bill would do, this legislation would tr- seek to do anyway, is gather more specifics on the figures being released by the Ohio Department of Health as it relates to coronavirus every day. Each and every day I tell you that Mike DeWine and his uh, assistants are liars. I tell you that on live radio, and I don't retract a word of it. I completely stand by it. Because I believe they're lying to us. I believe they are presenting us nuanced, massaged, if not outright fabricated statistics uh, in various counties in order to to essentially start a county-by-county lockdown of the state of Ohio. County by county mask mandates in the state of Ohio. And I do not believe one word, and we've had pretty good reasons for that. As, uh, uh, some of my interviews with Jack Windsor have uncovered, uh, some of my interviews with, uh, Representative Nito Vitale, uh, have uncovered. So this is, this is a pretty big deal. We believe, many of us, that Mike DeWine is just flat out lying, and the statistics on the website prove it. I really should Stop qualifying it. We believe that. I mean, literally, the things he is saying out loud at the press conferences do not match what the actual facts are on the state's website. So he's lying. And the real facts are there for those who are willing to dig for them. Anyway, uh, what Diane Grendell's bill would do is essentially force him to stop lying and tell the truth. I'm excited to see my legislation receive a committee assignment. She said Ohioans are in support of this bill as it is important for them to get the full truth and scope of the details surrounding the decisions being made by this administration as it crucially affects their public health, livelihood, livelihoods, and schools. So it's 100% true, uh, everything she just said, and we're looking forward to talking to her coming up at 1010. This morning, okay. Uh, let me pivot now, uh, just for a moment, to the crime situation. Alexandria Damasio Cortez, uh, the freshman uh, representative from Westchester uh, in uh, New York, she likes to say she's from the Bronx, so she has a little more street cred. She's not, um, but Alexandria uh, Alexandria Damasio Cortez uh, has decided she knows why New York crime is surging. It's not because of the radical, wild, out-of-control rioters and looters. That's not why crime is surging. It's not because police officers um, have been essentially neutered in their ability to go out there and enforce the law. It's not because police in New York are being defunded. The reason why crime is so out of control, says Damasio Cortez, is because people are hungry. That's right. Murders are spiking because people want bread. So why is this uptick in crime happening?
2: Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out And they need to feed their child, and they don't have money, so you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night.
1: Mind you, it should be noted that there has not been a report of an increase in shoplifting bread. We don't have people starving in the streets and fee- being forced to steal to feed their children bread. That's not what the crime statistics show. What the crime statistics do show is this. New York City sees 15 shootings in 15-hour span as gun violence continues to surge. Those shootings cap 43 shootings so far this week, more than triple last year's tally of 13 for the same period. Let's see. Hungry people shoplifting bread or violent anarchists shooting and killing innocent people. Hmm. What's causing this? So in other words, what AOC wants you to think, or ADC in my vernacular, what Alexandria DeMacio Cortez wants you to think is that the shootings in New York are the result of Donald Trump and the, quote, worst unemployment uh, in, in, uh, in, in history, or at least since the Great Recession. It's his fault. People are hungry. Because it was Donald Trump, of course, who brought the COVID-19 virus to the United States of America. It was Donald Trump, of course, who invited people from China... When this was all discovered to keep coming into the United States, right? Oh, wait, no. He did the exact opposite. And it's Donald Trump that was responsible for shutting down all of the economies of all of the states, right? Oh, wait a minute. No, those were decisions left up to the governors. So many of them, big state, blue governor, blue state governors that, that put people out of work, closed businesses and led this to the uh, highest unemployment numbers in, in a very, very long time. So she wants to blame that instead of the defunding of police because she continues to scream for the defunding of police. New York has already cut out about a billion and a half dollars from their police budget, and she wants more. Because, you know, after all, why do we need so many police officers just to stop hungry people from shoplifting bread? That's, I mean, hardly even a crime, right? Yeah, until you until you have thousands of people shoplifting all of the bread, and then what other items are they going to take? Yeah, it's harmless. It's victimless, except for the shop owner, whose revenue, already a razor-thin profit margin, is gone. But no, instead what we have is extraordinarily high rates of violent crime being committed because police can't handle it. Now, that's on one coast. That's New York. Let's go west, young man. A famous man once said, let's go west to California which announced at the same time of their, their uh, uh, defunding of police officers, they have decided that the best way to keep the people of, of uh, California safe is to release more prisoners because of the spread of COVID-19 in the jails. California is releasing 8,000 more prisoners in an effort to stem the spread of COVID-19 inside state lockups. California DOC Secretary Ralph Diaz said these actions are being taken to provide for the health and safety of the incarcerated population and staff. So what we'll do is we'll put the health and safety of the free population, the citizens in the, in the, in the communities, will put their health and safety at risk instead. I just want you to ponder this for a moment. At the same time, California is working on defunding their police or significantly decreasing funding of their police departments, meaning response times are going to go through the roof, meaning that patrols are going to be uh, minimized. At the same time, they're cutting back on cops. They're releasing more prisoners. And if I may just complete the circle, Even though this isn't California, this is Colorado. In Colorado, they are threatening to imprison people who don't wear masks. Literally lock them up. So we're freeing people from prisons for fear of COVID, but we're going to lock people up in those prisons if they're not wearing masks to stop the spread of COVID. I think we've reached a place of surreality. This is this is this is just surreal. Congressman Jim Jordan joins us next. AM fourteen twenty the answer. Okay, 948, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks so much for being with us. Time to welcome our friend Congressman Jim Jordan to our program, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative. visits us each and every Monday with a look at the important news from Capitol Hill and from Main Street. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm I'm fine, Bob.
2: Uh, Good to be with you today.
1: Going to be with you as well. Okay, um, everybody's got an opinion on it. The uh, Democrats have been screaming ever since the announcement was made that uh, President Trump is commuting the sentence of Roger Stone. Now, this is different, of course. A commutation is different than a pardon, but he's commuting the sentence of Roger Stone just hours before he was supposed to go into jail. Uh, and uh, they call this corruption. They say that there's one set of rules for Trump associates and one set for everyone else, which I find a little bit hysterical. What do you say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm 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 with you. What what President Obama did this, I think 1700 times, and uh, and the president's done it a handful, and somehow the, the handful are bad, and the 1700 were just were just wonderful. Uh, look, we all know uh, now, based on the evidence we've seen, uh, the facts that are now out there, that the Obama administration, Obama Biden Comey Justice Department went after the Trump campaign. Uh, they went after Michael Flynn. They went after Roger Stone. They, you, you, But, you know, it, it's interesting, Bob. I thought about this yesterday. The, the one person they didn't go after is the guy who started it all, this Mifsud guy. If you remember about a year ago when Mueller testified, we brought this up at that hearing. Mifsud is the guy who tells Papadopoulos Russians have dirt on Clinton. Papadopoulos passes that information on to the foreign diplomat Downer. Downer calls the FBI, and that's what they launched the investigation on. So Mifsud is the guy who starts it all. But when the FBI interviewed Mifsud, FBI interviewed Mifsud in February of 2017, he lied to him three times. Page 193 of the uh, Mueller report. He lied to him three times, and yet they never charge Mifted with, they can charge Stone with lying, they can charge Flynn with lying, they can charge 13 Russians no one's ever seen, no one's ever heard of, no one's ever going to see, no one's ever going to hear, uh, hear from. They can charge all those people with, with, with giving a false statement to the FBI, but the guy who starts it all, who lies three times, they don't go after him. So, Uh, And and now the left wants to complain about, oh, Roger Stone had his sentence commuted. Uh, I I find it all ridiculous because the real problem here was there was never anything there. There was no basis for the investigation to begin with, and there was no proper predicate for it to begin with. But yet uh, they they did it, and they continue to do it for three and a half years.
1: Congressman, um, you mentioned Misfit. Um, Let's talk about him, and let's talk about a whole host of the other bad actors that led to uh, the ridiculous two-and-a-half-year Mueller inquiry into potential Mm -hmm. collusion between Team Trump. And Russia, Uh, We all know how that ended up. Uh, Bob Mueller found no evidence whatsoever to uh, tie the president or his team to those types of crimes with Russia. Uh, And essentially, the whole thing is put to bed. But we don't want it to be put to bed. We want those who did it to make sure it never happens again. These people need to be prosecuted. And we've all been waiting for John Durham. We've all been waiting for the federal prosecutor assigned by Attorney General Barr to get to the bottom of this. He gave him subpoena power. And we were told we would get answers this Summer now over the weekend we were told maybe not that John Durham might not give any uh, uh, release any information that he has uncovered until after the election Congressman to say that's disappointing is an understatement what do you say
2: No it's disappointing it 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 it, and I hope it doesn't happen Uh, Now look we still have what the Attorney General told us and he said sometime this summer. He expected Mr. Durham to complete his investigation. So, uh, I, I still, that's still the word that we have some some news reports that said, you know, maybe it's not going to happen until after the election. Uh, but the Attorney General himself has said that, it, that it's going to happen sometime this summer. Attorney General Barr will be testifying two weeks from tomorrow in front of the, the House Judiciary Committee. I'm sure he's going to get asked about this and, 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 frankly, a host of other questions. So, we'll, we'll see. Let's hope. You're exactly right. And I know I've shared this on, 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 your, on your show before. Uh, the number one question I get from constituents and, and, and Americans around the country is, when is somebody going to jail? Yeah, And they, they are so frustrated with, as you said, this, this this double standard they see where there's one set of rules for us regular folk, a different set for, for Comey and Clinton and Lynch and Lerner. Uh, that's what drives Americans crazy, and, and it should, because it's supposed to be equal treatment under law. So I hope equal treatment under law also means timely accountability and uh, let's not it's been four years since they opened this investigation July of 2016 here we are July 2020 let's hold people accountable let's make sure this investigation is done by then so I hope that's what John Durham is is, is actually going to do
1: yeah I I do too I mean I cannot because you know I mean God, God forbid that Joe biden won the election uh I mean everything everything is buried it is all buried if if Durham holds off until after the election to re- to release uh, the results well, I mean what, anything they, that he says
2: Bob that's yeah, that's what they thought was going to happen in 16. They never thought they were going to get caught. Right. And then all of a sudden, on November 8, 2016, the American people had a, had a shock for Comey and McCabe and Obama and Biden and Clapper and Brennan. The American people, 63 million of them, said, we're going to make Donald Trump president because we're tired of the swamp. And so suddenly the insurance policy then gets bigger. The insurance policy isn't just stopping Trump from being president. The insurance policy is, oh, now we've got to sabotage his administration and we have to cover our tracks. Why do you think they went after Michael Flynn so hard? Remember, the unmasking of Michael Flynn, Bob, didn't happen until after the election day. 38 people on 49 separate occasions unmasked Michael Flynn's name between November 8, 2016 and January of 2017 on Inauguration Day. So that was part of the where they go, wow, we've got to cover this up because you can't have the former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency going into the National Security Advisor to the President of the United States because they knew, wow, he will figure out what we did. We have to take him out, and that's exactly what they did. Remember pre email, he says, what's our goal, to get him to lie, to get him fired? It was all of that because they had to cover their track. So the idea that we're not going to hold him accountable and we're not going to get any completion of this investigation until after the next election is ridiculous. So let's, let's get that information as, as this summer, like the attorney general told us just a few weeks
1: ago. Congressman Jim Jordan joining us on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Bob Mueller is set to testify now. Uh, Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. called it yesterday and said, "You know what? If you want to defend the prosecution of Roger Stone as a part of the uh, uh, the Russia investigation in an op-ed, fine. You can defend defend it in front of our committee." And so he's going to call him before the Senate Judiciary <laughs> Committee. Do you think that will? Do, yeah. do you think anything will come of that?
2: Well, I mean, who knows? Uh, but y- y- you know, if it's based on anything that happened uh, last year. When uh if it's anything like that, it's it's not going to be very riveting because uh, you know that was that was unbelievable. Um, it, I think uh, the number one answer Bob Mueller uh, gave that day was I can't get into that. I mean, there's little jeepers if you're coming to testify. Right. He, he, he couldn't even answer questions from his own report because I asked him some questions. He said I can't get into. That. I said, well, you did on page 192 and 193 of the report. You talk about missed it, but he wouldn't he wouldn't answer any of the questions I asked. So uh, I mean. If Senator Graham wants to bring him in, I think that's great. But uh, you know, who who knows how productive that'll be based on what uh, Bob Mueller's performance just a year ago.
1: Congressman, one more question on federal issues and policies. Then I'm going to ask you about states real quick. Um, President Trump somehow, some way, bizarrely tweeted and announced uh, toward the end of last week. That he was going to find a way f- uh, for a pathway to citizenship for DACA recipients, for the "quote unquote" dreamers. He, of course, has been trying to end DACA, and of course, we mm-hmm. know that the mm-hmm. Supreme Court, uh, two weeks ago, essentially said you can't do that on a procedural uh, re- for a procedural reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now he's saying he wants to provide citizenship to these, uh, however many they are, DACA well, recipients. What's that all about?
2: Yeah, no, and I think the president was clear afterwards. He indicated there's not going to be any amnesty. I mean, I think the American people understand that this president is is um, ran on the immigration issue, ran on the idea we need to secure our southern border, we need to have a wall to do that, uh, we need to be be uh, be enforce our immigration laws, and and but there should not be amnesty for people who willingly, knowingly uh, broke broke the law. And, and I think the president has been clear on that. So uh, I think he clarified that. Uh, we know how this president is is strong on the immigration issue, and uh, strong on the rule of law. I think I think we'll be fine going forward. Um, uh, the main the main thing is right now we got to make sure President Trump wins reelection because. As, as the president, I think, also said this weekend, a uh, Joe, uh, Joe Biden presidency is, is scary because, um, first, I mean, Joe Biden has proven he, he will not stand up against the, the really radical left. In fact, I think he's now part of the radical left based on the positions he's taken. So that, that's what we really got to focus on.
1: Absolutely. uh yeah, Biden-elect, Thomas Sowell last night, I was watching him on Life, Liberty and Levin. said that this literally would be the point of no return. If we lose in yeah. November, this country may not ever be able to come back to what we know it to be. Uh, and it's speaking of scary. that, speaking of the state of the country right now, you know, the violence continues. It's some horrific, horrific violence. And, uh, you know, and it's, and it's happening randomly and it's happening consistently. Um and, and those two things might sound like they're contrarian, but they're not. Uh, they're happening all over the place, but they're consistently happening all over the place. We just don't know where it's going to be next. But let's go to New York. Fifteen shootings in a 15-hour span. Forty-three shootings in New York in the past week alone. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, one of your colleagues there in the House of Representatives, said, well, uh, why is this uptick in crime happening? It's because people are hungry and they need to shoplift some bread. Now I don't know about you, but I have not seen the shoplifting bread crime statistics spiking. That's I have seen crazy. the violent crimes and shootings spiking. I mean, why are Democrats so unwilling to 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 you know take these these numbers and to take them uh, seriously?
2: Uh, no, and it's and it's driven by the messages being sent that when when you have the 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 Democrat mayors, Democrat governors in these respective communities. Uh, uh, criticizing law enforcement, talking about defunding the police, actually voting to defund Doing the police, The Minneapolis voting to abolish the police department. When you send that message, I always say bad guys aren't stupid. They're just bad. You don't think bad guys pick up on what's going on and that that there are less police on the street, less, police are afraid now to get out of the car because they know they're going to be harassed by people. They know there's someone videotaping and every So th- that sends a message, and the people who get hurt the worst are the are the good people in uh, the, the vast majority of good people in those communities who now have these criminals running around who feel like they're they can do what they want and not be held accountable so that that is a real concern and it's and it's driven by the left's ridiculous policy I, I think I said before you know the last time there was a Republican mayor in minneapolis bob if, the, the, this tragedy, nineteen sixty
1: sixty or somewhere like the, that yeah
2: nineteen sixty three before you and I were even born and, and you, you know we we're, we're not we're not super young people here so but but somehow the tragedy to happen up there is is the, is the president's fault. This is crazy. This is driven by left wing policies, and, and it hurts those communities and hurts those those families so bad who, who, who live in those communities. And that's that's what's so unfortunate.
1: Yeah, and the defunding is, is happening. Uh, Seattle, of course, it was announced, announced over the weekend is going to defund their police department by 50%. Now, I don't know if that means it's going to be a, specifically a 50% decrease in manpower, but, but let's say that it does. What, how does that protect people? Carmen Best, I heard, I saw the chief uh, in Seattle. I saw her on TV today. Uh, how, how does that help her protect the people of Seattle if there are 50% fewer cops on the streets, response times going through the roof? Uh, and, and cops who do show up when they do respond, unclear about what they're allowed to to do before they themselves become arrested.
2: So they couldn't stop the formation of Chaz or Chop or whatever they call that that uh, autonomous zone. They yeah. couldn't stop that at full force. Now at fifty percent of the force, they're going to stop. The, they're they're going to be able to stop crazy things like that from happening. And 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 what were there two people killed in the in the Chop Zone or Chaz Zone? Uh, so th- again, that's how ridiculous. That's how scary. That's how real uh, uh, dangerous. The, the Democrat policies and the left-wing policies
1: are. Completely agree, Congressman. Last thing, uh, they announced today the Redskins' name is going to be gone. Uh, the Indians probably... You, you know, you live in kind of joint northeast Ohio and Washington, yeah. D.C., the two places where Indians and Redskins have to go now. Any uh, thoughts on new names?
2: No, it's just... Uh, why can't sports just be sports? I mean, I... I, I, I the, the reason ESPN's ratings are down so much is they started getting political instead of just covering sports. Let's just yeah, I mean, you know, uh, jeepers, Bob. I'm involved in politics. You're involved in politics every day. But when you turn on the ESPN, you just kind of want to see the top ten plays of the day. You kind of want to see what the score is. You don't want all this political stuff. Um, it's 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 ridiculous um, that 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 sports has now become so political. Let's just yeah. play the game. And and by the way, when 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 you start the game, let's all stand for the national anthem too.
1: Amen. The one national anthem that we have, by the way, because we don't yep. have two. Yep. Congressman, yep. thanks so much for your time, sir. Have a great week.
2: You bet, Bob. Take care, brother.
1: Jim Jordan on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Diane Grandel, state representative in uh, Columbus, will join us next. This is AM fourteen twenty, the answer. WHK W two seven three DG Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group
2: with your local.